This episode is brought to you by Painless Pregnancy. In case you missed it, I worked with Painless Pregnancy very soon after the birth of my third baby, and honestly, I wish I had found them earlier in my childbearing journey. I am so excited to tell you all about Painless Pregnancy and how, no matter where you are in your motherhood journey, the Painless Pregnancy team can guide you through happy and healthy pregnancies, postpartum healing, and beyond. Stay tuned for our promo code so you can get 10% off of your first visit with Painless Pregnancy. Welcome to The No Podcast with me, Nikki Spo. What is up, superstars? Welcome to The No, where it is not about knowing everything, but about coming to know ourselves. I am your hostess, Nikki Spo, and I believe that all of us on some level are searching for meaning and purpose in our lives, and ultimately, the peace that comes with having a deep sense of inner knowing. That's why I'm so grateful to have this community with you all where we get to chat with inspiring people who have done or are doing the work and helping other people along the way. If you are new here, be sure you subscribe to the show and by taking a moment to leave a rating and review, you'll be helping to get this motivating content in front of more people who need to hear it. So let's pass on those good healing and uplifting vibes because we are better together and I really believe that we are all on a collective healing journey. All right, so today's guest is Kathy Batista. Kathy Batista is the go-to coach for midlife women. She believes midlife isn't just based on age, that it's a phase of life and can be your best one yet. By tapping into your values and strengths, you can take aligned action to create purpose and joy, leading to that often missing sense of fulfillment. Now is your time. Having navigated midlife changes and shifts, Kathy offers guidance and compassion to women asking themselves, is this it? What is next? She enjoys sharing the tools of her growth with her clients and peers. With certifications in life designer coaching, thought coaching, quantum time technique, and mindfulness facilitation, Kathy coaches women to discover their midlife magic through conscious healing and self-discovery. Kathy takes her clients from blah to aha. With that, let's get started with Kathy Batista. Kathy Batista, I'm so grateful to have you on the show. I've, you know, been like dealing with this concept of midlife as I've been in my 30s. I was going to say approach my 30s, but I'm I'm thoroughly in my 30s at this point in time. So, you know, I think about that and me having three kids and I'm just like really excited and interested to hear what you have to say about how you're coaching your clients through midlife. So thank you for being here. Oh, thank you, Nikki. I'm excited to talk all about midlife with you. And I love that there's like not the C word involved in this. And do you know which C word I'm talking about? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Should we tell them? Should we tell them? <laughs> oh, crisis? Like it's not a crisis, right? It can feel like it. It can totally feel like it, but it's not. Yeah. So Kathy, what in your own journey led you to focus on helping people, but specifically women through this phase of life? I think like most coaches, uh, you know, you coach on what your experiences or what you know. I like to define midlife as like 35 to 70. And the reason why is because, you know, when you're 35, 36, 37, do you really want to be considered a young adult? Like, I mean, you've had so much life experience. And then over 70, are you an older adult? No. So there's this huge chunk of time. And that was so surprising to me um, that around that 35, 40 mark was, you know, 
midlife or even perimenopause and they coincide. And so what happened to me was somewhere around like 36, 37, 38, and I say that and I stress it because it isn't like you wake up and you're like, oh, crap, it's midlife, right? I mean, it is this insidious thing that like just happens. I creeped up on you. Yeah, yeah. And you're, you know, um, perimenopausal symptoms, there's like 75 and who the heck knows when what's happening. Um, so for me, there was this chunk of time where the overriding feeling and the the glaring emotions were misery, sadness. And I just was like, what the heck? I felt I'd wake up every day like, oh, here we go again. Like, Waking up, here we go again. All right, <laughs> eat, sleep, do the whole thing, do the dance, whatever, repeat. Like, here we go again. You know, I say especially like women with kids, but also women who have, you know, fur babies or full-time career jobs where they're, I mean, it can turn into this no matter what your life looks like. It can turn into this repetitive nature and feeling like, oh my gosh. But what happened to me, um, and I find this happens to a lot of people is, we compound it with guilt and shame because we don't know why. Everything looks amazing. Why are we waking up like full on bitch mode? Can we like, yeah, put us in the C word? But, we do that. Yeah. So it's like, you know, waking up just irritated and ugh, and not knowing why and yeah. having to like put on that face like everything is great. Let's just keep going, right? right. right. And so that just wore on me and with the guilt and the shame and feeling miserable, what I did, and I find a lot of the women that I work with do something similar to this, is these self-sabotaging behaviors. Oh I my mean, gosh. Nikki, I drank so much to get through it all. I ate so much to get through it all. I shopped like it was nobody's business. That's how I was dealing with it. And then really what I've found is like anybody who has these like, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired moments, you're like, what? I need to find some way to pull myself out of this. Like I looked around and um, I have four boys. My youngest at the time was like seven, eight. And I was like, this is not how I want to parent. It is not how I want to be a wife. It is not how I want to live through life. And so it was really kind of seeking different things that helped me come to, to this point, right? Here we are, you know, like 10 plus years, 11 years later. And all these tools that I've accumulated and feeling like, oh my gosh, I have to share these. Like, how could I not be like, I get it. And here are some things we can do to help ourselves in this situation. Well, I think that's something really beautiful that you're sharing is that like there's a sense of community and I think that there are more women more and more um, coming together and actually talking about these difficult things. Like I think that, you know, in the generations that came before us, and I know certainly like my parents' generation is like, you don't talk about it. You put the smile on and you keep going and everything's good and you're keeping up with the Joneses. And if you don't talk about it, maybe it goes away. But we now know that if it's mentionable, it's manageable. And when we start talking about the difficult things, that's when we can see like true healing and transformation start to happen in our lives. And, you know, even Kathy, like there's things I talk about on my show, like postpartum 
happenings with your vagina, right? Like these are things that I address because women are so ashamed to talk about those types of things. But like shame goes well beyond just like our, just our anatomy and the things that are happening during sex as we get older. And they're creeping into our mindsets. It's really important that people like you and I have these conversations to bring it to the forefront of women's mind and let them know that they're not alone and come up with like real tangible tools and a plan of action for us to make changes. And I'll speak from personal experience. And, you know, like my audience knows that I work a program of recovery. That's like a one day at a time thing. Like it feels very, even just listening to you tell me about like getting from point A to point B or like getting from where you were hating your life and felt feeling miserable and over drinking and over shopping and over doing the overeating and all this stuff. And like getting to a place where you're maybe you're not doing that anymore. I'm like, oh my gosh, this seems so overwhelming. Like while I'm simultaneously doing that, I'm also going like, okay, but you know this, Nikki, like this is just like a one day at a time program also, right? Like this has got to be a one day at a time program because if we try to bite off all of it at once, like no, no shit, it's going to be overwhelming. Yeah. Like totally. How do you change your whole life? Like go from being depressed and in your midlife, redundant, monotonous, just like over and over again into feeling more excitement about your life. Like, what do you even do? Where do you start? And so I think it can be be really intimidating for people to even address it, to even say, I want to do this. Like, I'm going to start. Totally. It's very intimidating and it's very scary to say for years you've been masking that everything is wonderful, right? for years and inside you're like dying, right? So to actually say, I'm not happy is so scary. And especially it's like, you know, I mean, my husband, when I was like, I'm just not happy. I don't know what it is. I'm just not happy. Like then the people in our lives start to be like, is it me? You know, and it's like, oh my gosh, it has nothing to do, but it's me. It's me. I need to work on this. One of the pillars is mindfulness. And that is finding ways to be present in the present moment. And you said it, it's one day at a time. It's one minute. It's one second. It's what gets you to that next point. It's when we're we're regretting things that we did in the past or worried about what's going to happen in the future that we then spiral, right? And the unique thing about midlife is that there is this physical aspect of it. You know, we have estrogen levels dropping and we have estrogen receptors all over our bodies and a lot in our brain and in our gut. And that's why we end up having these emotional mood swings. So it's sometimes, yes, I can take it day by day and moment by moment. And that is so helpful and and paramount, to be honest with you. It truly is. But we also can't forget that we have this you know, mind, body, soul being that we he- are here on earth and we have to look at each element of that so that we can get those, all three of those cogs moving together, right? What I have learned is in, I'm 36 years old and I realized that I have been in survival mode for so long in my life and I had not learned, I had I had no trust with with myself. So like I couldn't even trust my own thoughts and I couldn't trust my own judgment and I couldn't trust my own gut instincts. And so something that I've been working on as a fully formed adult woman who has three children of her own now, you know, and I'm a single mom is like trusting my gut. And like the gut 
controls a lot of things, right? And then we could, I mean, we could get into a whole separate conversation about how like what we're eating affects our gut and all this stuff. But like, I think when you grow up in survival mode, even if you're not in survival mode, when I say survival mode, I mean like in, a res in response to something traumatic. But I think a lot of us are still operating in survival mode of just like surviving the day. Yes. Right? Like just surviving the day. So I think in either scenario, it's like I personally have not had the best relationship with my own gut instincts and coming to a place where I'm able to learn how to trust myself and like pay attention to these cues in life where I'm like, oh, oh yeah, know that that's that's presenting itself to you for a reason. Like you're you're feeling some sort of way about that for a reason. Like look into that a little bit more. And then with that, something that you also mentioned is the shame that comes with it. And how do you talk to your partner or your loved ones or your kids or, you know, if they're in at an appropriate age level to talk about this with like, or other friends even about how you're feeling and not have shame put on you or you create it for yourself. Yeah. How? Yeah. I've been in that place where I'm like not happy and I, I have personally felt like so ashamed of that. It's shameful because what we were talking about earlier too, even like our parents, like you just shut up and put a smile on, right? Yeah. I mean, when my I was first married in my first marriage and I could see that it was going downhill and I reached out to my mom and my mom, I mean, I say this and it she is a very caring person, but her response was, you made your bed, now you got to lie in it. Yeah. Like, there was no out, right? right? So then that felt like, Right. It was just like, okay, who do I go to now? How do I yeah. how do we survive this? Right. Each person is so individual when you coach people. Everybody's different. But what we kind of play around with is we now need to work that instinct that you're talking about and approach people that we instinctually have a feeling of safety around. And 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 know that we can only control what we're saying and how we're laying out these cards. We can't really control how they're going to react, right? And so it almost is having this mindset conversation with yourself saying, okay, I know for my well-being, I need to express this. And so that's as far as I'm going to take figuring this out. I'm not going to go, oh my God, they're going to be mad. And I and, and, and like compound that feeling with, What's going to happen? And then what will they think of me, right? And then there's um, ways to sort of dip your toe in it, right? Like when we talk about like mindset tricks and um, mindset tools and reshaping and reframing, it can really be how you present things, right? You don't have to say, oh my God, I'm so miserable. Listen to me right now and everything is horrible. It can really be this inquisitive thing of, have you ever felt like you wake up and you're just miserable? And if the person's like, oh my God, never. <laughs> Maybe don't engage with this person, right? But I'm betting like 99.9% .9 of the women you talk to will be like, um, yeah, it happened this morning, right? Even just that creeping into that conversation with somebody and knowing that in recovery circles, there is this phrase of sort of like you're not unique, right? Like so this is where we're not that unique, right? So yeah. reaching out to somebody is even an act of service. We don't know where we're if we lay our heart on the table who we are 
approaching, who we are reaching. And that is really one of the reasons why I coach is because it's like I have this experience and I took so many classes and I met with so many different coaches and I and I just have this bucket of knowledge and and I need to and want to share it because I know how impactful it can be. Absolutely. So why do you think that people don't take the step? Like what is preventing people from saying, okay, wait, I'm going to say this out loud. I am not happy with my life and I need to make a change. What's holding us back collectively from doing that? Some of the ones that I see are, you know, that classic, the devil you know is is better than the devil you don't. But what's on the other side? You're really taking a gamble, right? When you're frozen and you're living in fear, you almost can't even imagine. Like if you can imagine you're flying through the air and you're in the middle of a cloud in the airplane, and the sun's not there, you almost can't even imagine seeing it. The clouds are so thick, right? So it's when we get out of that and say, all right, let's just keep going. This cloud has to end at some point. And then we see the sun and we know it's there. It is just taking that leap of faith to get out of, almost like to get out of your own way, right? And so it is, it's hard though. It's hard because we've just gotten into this routine. Such a gross analogy, but people say it, and I'm wondering if you've heard it, like you can sit in your own shit and be okay with it because it like is pretty warm and comfortable and you're there, right? We, you know, you sit in it long enough, you don't even smell it. And so it is sometimes it actually is the reverse of what we're talking about. And if I can implore you know, a a woman or a friend or a man or a husband, a a grandma, whatever, if you have someone in your life that you're like, you know, we think we're really good at pretending, right? But if you have someone in your life who you're like, I see them struggling. Yeah. They see that they're not happy. You know what? Maybe then it is this collective, like you're talking about, to say, hey, what's going on? I, I can tell that maybe, you know, you're not this same sort of vibe that you used to have, right? We got to check in on each other, check in on your sisters and your friends. I think that part of what you're saying too is like when you're reluctant to get out of your own way, right? Like you've built this like the comfortability of sitting in your own muck that like there's also a sense of control at play. Like I'm not going to step outside of this because I have a controllable environment here and I know how everything works in this very miserable but controlled environment. And if I step outside of that, there are going to be a lot of variables that I am unfamiliar with that I am now not in control of. And so I think a part of it too, like to what you're saying, is that we have to get comfortable releasing control and saying like, you know, I might not know the answer. You know what? I might step out of this box. I might step out of this, you know, very uncomfortable situation and I might not have the answers. And that's really terrifying. It is. It's very terrifying. And and there's this aspect that when I work with women and what I had to do for myself is get clear what your secondary gain is. As humans, we don't do anything unless we're getting something out of it. And so the secondary gain is, is this concept around like you may not even realize that you're doing it, right? So an example of this would be when – I'm feeling miserable and I'm just in my own crap and I'm feeling sad and I'm miserable. And then I almost like 
don't realize it, but I'm picking fights with the people that I love. Yeah. And they're reacting. Their reaction is this odd secondary gain that I'm- Yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yes. (laughs) That I'm getting love. Look, look at this reaction I can get out of it. Love me, right? And so this secondary gain, the drinking, right? I- knew it was bad. I knew, not bad as in drinking's bad, but I knew it was bad for me. I knew I was abusing it. I knew that I was overdoing it. I knew all of these things, but the secondary gain was that full body release of tension that I got. And I would sacrifice all of those other things for that secondary gain that was relaxation, quote unquote, right? Right, right. Until you see something else, right? And so it's even, you know, people eating something that is like a whole half gallon of freaking ice cream, right? Who on earth needs that? I knew it wasn't going to make me feel good physically. I knew it probably looked horrific (laughs) to see somebody doing that. But that secondary gain of the dopamine release, what you're talking about, control, I control this whole I no one's gonna tell me I can't have this. Right. Right. Yeah. So there is that aspect that we work with is when we figure out our why, like what's your why behind your habit, right? Well, not only our good habits, but what's your why behind the stuff that you're holding on to so that you can stay afloat? What is that yeah. why? What are you getting yeah. out of it? And then we can almost reverse engineer. Oh, get that in a different way. You know, something that I've been um, thinking about a lot lately, Kathy, is that like I've spent so much of my life in therapy and like figuring out why I am this way and what happened to me and why and why and why. And I'm almost at the point where I'm just like, doesn't fucking matter. Like why? Like I want to make the change now. Like I'm ready, right? And sometimes I think people in the sober world, you come to your rock bottom wherever you come to your rock bottom. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, I, so there have been times in my life where I'm like, you know what? I don't even care what the why is anymore. I'm just ready for a change, a whole change. I'm ready to do it. You know, and I think it takes a lot of courage for people to get there. And I do think that like before you do get there, there is that secondary gain of spending time in the why because it's it's important that we know ourselves. And listen, that's the whole premise of the show, Kathy, is that like we're coming home to ourselves, right? It's not about knowing everything. I don't need to know everything, but I want to come to know me yeah. so that I can live a, like a happy and more fulfilling life overall. You know, and, and it's it's wonderful that you're helping people get there and and and, and trusting themselves to get them there. Yeah. And it's it's about that we all have this feeling that we want to live authentically. Everyone has this want, this need, but sometimes what I what I get from some of the women that I work with is like, I don't even know what that looks like. What does the authentic me look like? What does she do? What is she about? Yeah. The want is there. We can figure out the rest, right? We can take a look at your values. We can take a look at your strengths. We can figure that out and you can live and become authentically you and live out purposes more than one. I believe we have so many as humans. Totally. Live them out. Experience this life the way you want to. All right, my loves, I want to pause and take a moment to thank our sponsor for today's episode, 
Painless Pregnancy. I have been working consistently with Painless Pregnancy since the birth of my third baby, and I truly cannot sing their praises enough, which is why I'm so excited that they have come on as a partner for the Know With Nikki Spo. Painless Pregnancy is the leading in-home concierge physical therapy company focusing on the pregnant and postpartum woman. Not only do they provide incredibly valuable services to those women in pain or dysfunction, but they also offer every aspect of wellness. This means that they take care of you during your pregnant and postpartum season of life. They keep you strong and flexible. They keep your pants dry and your sex pain-free. They even do all of the body work needed to maximize your delivery. If you are currently pregnant or have ever been pregnant, you need to reach out to them. They are skilled in assisting with like a bajillion women-specific needs, such as pregnancy and postpartum, obviously, vaginal and C-section deliveries, pelvic floor therapy, physical therapy, diastasis recti, urinary incontinence, fecal incontinence, pelvic organ prolapse, and overall having a healthy pregnancy. I know, I know, some of this stuff is cringe, but these are like real things that happen, and oftentimes women don't want to talk about them. And you know me, I'm going to talk about it. So if you or anyone you know is on a motherhood journey, I highly recommend reaching out to Painless Pregnancy, no matter what season of motherhood that you're in. Use my code NikkiSpo10 for 10% off of your initial visit. For more information, be sure to check out the sponsors page at NikkiSpo.com or check out Painless Pregnancy directly at www.painless-pregnancy.com. Until every woman heals, having this team in your corner to take care of your body is everything. I think that envy is an interesting little tidbit to discuss here because I remember feeling, you know, when I was more out of alignment and listen, Kathy, I'm a work in progress. Like I, I don't ever want to come on this show acting like I have my all my ducks in a row because I the ducks are not in their rows, right? We're like we just it's organized chaos over here, you know. We're like we're trying, we're trying. I definitely stay um, grounded in that thought, but I I do pay attention to envy. And I remember when I was more like out of alignment with myself, I would see other people doing things that I'm like, oh, I want to do that. Why does that person get to be able like to to do that thing or have that life? And I realized that my envy was a tool in revealing to myself where my alignment might be, right? And so while it's presented as this like yucky feeling and like a shameful feeling and there's so much like ugh, around envy and jealousy, I started to look at it as like something that revealed like a piece of me that really wanted to step into that. Yeah. So, I started to pay attention to like moments in my life that I I was feeling a sense of envy of wanting something. And instead of shaming myself over that, I started to kind of say, oh, wait, maybe that's pointing you in the direction of where you want to go. I'm from the uh, school of thought that if you see it, you can be it. Yeah. If you're seeing your world, it is... And it's just that language around it, right? Like I see somebody who is, you know, so say someone's listening to you right now and they're like, oh my gosh, I would love a podcast. 
that is your it's in your world you're saying it it can happen and so it i 100% nikki agree with what you're saying that these elements of seeing what you like or what you enjoy about in somebody else and wanting that is a major tool in finding out how to live your authentic life and now there are things that i see in other people and i admire but I'm like, okay, I don't want to do that. Right, sure. Like, and then you're getting that you're getting that inner sort of pendulum guidance of, yeah. all right, let me listen. And you had talked at the beginning about having this connection with your gut instinct. And that is the mindfulness portion of it. And it's, it's when we can get clear. And what I love to encourage the people that I work with to do is to look at where in your life you're actually listening to your inner voice right now and you're not acknowledging it and you're not acknowledging that relationship just like every other relationship in our life if we don't acknowledge it and foster it it goes away it's as simple as you're going out to breakfast and the waitress is like how do you want your eggs and you decide scrambled that was your inner voice saying this is what you want this is what you like right? You're standing in front of your closet and you've got, you know, all these, what you choose is listening to yourself. So let's like reverse this back to where we can go. I am listening to myself. There's times and and fostering that relationship and having that pause, right? And going, what do I want? And listening to that inner feeling, that inner voice. There was a time in my life where almost all of my decisions I was making for other people. What would this person like? What would that person like? What should I be doing? What what would somebody in my position be acting like or doing or, or pursuing? Or should I be momming harder or pursuing? You know, like there were so many times in my life, Kathy, that I was like making decisions for other people. And it was just taking me further and further out of alignment for myself. And so it, especially when I was getting sober, like I started to make decisions that were more in alignment for me. And so, you know, we started to, I started to see a collective shift in, in my surroundings. Before we move on, I, I wrote down in my notes and I want people to, to kind of make a note of this also, is that this envy isn't always envy, right? It's longing, like it's a soul longing. And I think that might be a, a, like a more gentle way to present it um, for anybody who's listening that it might not, because envy doesn't always feel good, right? And it has such like a negative and salty connotation that maybe it's not envy, maybe it's an internal longing. Yeah. And so I think we should pay attention to that too. Yeah. I think that there's a huge difference too, because you need to sort of tease out for yourself because there's jealousy, which to me is a little nastier than envy. To be envious is this longing, what you're talking about, right? I feel like it's this element of recognizing Mm -hmm. our oneness in other people. Yeah. Say that again. (laughs) recognizing the oneness in other people, right? That we're all one. And so there's elements of everybody that resonates with us. And to have that mirror, for lack of better words, is what you're saying, Nikki, is this opportunity to go, yeah, that might feel good. Let me see. And then honestly to say, how did you do that, right? Whether it's even like your ha- someone's hair, how did you do that? Or whether it's they have a job, how did you get that job? I want to know more, right? Anything that can connect us to the people in our world is so powerful. Absolutely. So I want to talk about your three pillars. 
And this is where people are going to start taking notes. All right. So you have your three pillars, which are mood, mindfulness, and mindset. Yes. So yeah. walk us through those. I fell upon this in my own way. And I learned that I didn't do it in the right order. So mindset is looking at thought work and how can I change my thoughts, right? So that's where my journey began was how can I change my thoughts? How can I change my thought patterns? How can I reframe and did all this work? And then I was like, this is not working. Like I'm still feeling unaligned. I'm still not, it's not feeling good. And the reason why is, is I didn't have that mindfulness connection to say what I really wanted. I didn't have those inner guidance. I didn't have that inner thought to say how I wanted to think, right? So then I developed this connection with my inner voice. And then I was like, where we talked about before is I was like, wait a minute, I can hear myself now. I know what I want. I, love I know that. how to get it with my mindset. But now my body isn't create is in, isn't helping me. I am in a constant state of stress and I'm constant state of high vigilance. I'm in a constant state of trauma. So then I introduced mood work, which mood is like nervous system, somatic work, um, body regulation, body mapping, all all this umbrella. And why it's mood is because our bodies, our physical bodies, our eyes all of our senses take in information and process it up to our brain and then we output behaviors. So if my body is on this heightened scent of this heightened state of alertness all the time, every single input is coming in as a threat. So my behaviors are in response to this, right? So that's where I had to get clear on was getting my body out of this state of threat. How do you do that? When you talk to people who've lived a life, a very traumatic life, and you've had all these like survival mode mechanisms that you have gotten to where you are because of those survival mode, like those survival methods, right? Like I've gotten to this one space because I was able to survive my circumstances, whatever they were. You know what I mean? Like, so how do you help people get out of that? Yeah. It's like a trauma response. I know. We are not getting rid of neural pathway stuff. Exactly. Well, yeah. So neural pathways is this big. So we've got um, neurosomatic work that helps with neural pathways, but also subconscious reprogramming and, and conscious healing, which is more is my mindset area. And that's actually where a lot of the subconscious reprogramming happens. And then when you marry it with, with the, the neurosomatic work, with the the nervous system regulation work, it's such an impactful thing because now we've got our mind, our body, and our soul on the same page. We don't have one going, ah, 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 this is happening today, right? It's these three cogwheels that work together. And when one's off, they just aren't working, right? And so with nervous system regulation, it is unique. Like there, there could be an exercise that I do that causes me to regulate and then it might cause somebody else to go into a heightened state of alertness, right? And in time, the goal through developing your individual plan is so that you can come to a regulated state. So in time, all of the exercises will be beneficial 
and and it's just figuring out what works for you, right? What works for you. And so things that tend to work for everybody, right, would be some sort of breath work, some sort of pausing, some sort of releasing of energy, whether that is, you know, traditional running or whether that's jumping on a rebounder or, you know, you're stamping your feet, some release of energy. So it really is um, a plan that's uniquely crafted for each individual. And so that's how you target mood. Yeah. Right. That's like the first thing. So I appreciate you saying that you were in your journey to figure all of this out. You know, you started with mindfulness. I think you. I think people in the industry and the, the self-help world and people who are looking for answers, they're like, we start with mindfulness. I think you're right. Like, I think a lot of us do start with mindfulness. And I appreciate you pointing out that like it even goes a step before that. And we have to get to the mood and like the stressors and the input and the output. Like that's what I loved that you brought up is like the input and the output, right? You're taking in all of this stimulus and then this is what's coming out from it. So once you're able to do that, like how does that impact your mindfulness practice? Once you're calm. And regulation doesn't necessarily mean calm. Can you address that? Because I think that a lot of people have that misconception. A lot of times we think, oh, you need to like regulate your nervous system and people are like, oh my God, I can't like, I can't get calm right now. I'm feeling this, right? right? right. So to regulate is just to be able to move through emotions in healthy and in succinct way so that you process it. So that what that's like is if I have a horrible argument with one of my kids, right? And I carry that with me through the whole day. That's a dysregulated system. If I have an argument and I process it, you know, mind, body, and soul, it might not mean I'm over it. It might not mean that I there aren't still things that need to be addressed in that situation, but it does mean that I can go grocery shopping and not want to literally like ram my car into everybody I see. If I'm moving through emotions effectively. When I say when you're calm, the idea is to be in a receptive state. I love to, that. To work on your mindfulness, right? And then um, it comes, for me, it is this, you want to work on your mood, then your mindfulness, then your mindset, because then we can actually hear and feel what we're trying to change with our mindset. And so when we start, on my website, I have this quiz that's five questions. I'm going to take it a lot of fun, right? At the end of the quiz, you will figure out, it will kind of guide you. Okay, maybe you want to start with mindfulness. It it appears that you might have some really good mood stabilizing systems in place. Let's focus on your mindset. But a, a huge way that I coach is that my clients have all the answers in them. I am not telling them at all what to do. So when I did this quiz, because I grew up doing like 17 magazine and cosmopolitan quizzes, I'm having a quiz. So I wanted to have a quiz. So you'll get your results, but I will give you freebies for mood, mindfulness, and mindset. Once the quiz is done, there's something like 10 some odd freebies because I feel you should decide where you want to start yeah. and who you want to start. And not everyone wants to work with a coach. 
but it's my goal to make sure that everybody has at least that start, right? So there's amazing freebies after this quiz to just get started. Well, Kathy, I think that a lot of us struggle with that. And it's great that you're providing this because I think a lot of us, I'll speak for myself. I'm like, what? Now what? What do I do? Like, what is the next right step? What is the next right step? Like, and it's like, read the book. Well, the book isn't going to fit. Like, is the book going to fix me? We go back to in the beginning, it can be very, very overwhelming. And, you know, it's funny. I had I had dinner um, last night at a omakase restaurant. I don't know if you've ever had an omakase experience, but it's like, it's a sushi restaurant where they like, it's a prefixed menu. You get one, like the chef makes one thing every time. And my friend and I were just discussing that like, wow, that's so, it's such a pleasurable experience to go to the restaurant and they just like give you the food. You don't have to think about it. Like you, you you're like, you know that it's going to be good. And they just are like, here, eat this. And you're like, yeah, okay. Yeah. I'm like, that that sounds like a dream, Nikki. Right. I'm like, I don't have to think about it. I don't have to like go through this process in my head of like, of like, oh my gosh, but I'm going to get, I'm going to regret not tasting that and tasting that. And then I wound up ordering everything on the menu and spending way too much money on my meal and having only one bite of each thing. I'm like, this is great. Like somebody who just made all the decisions for me. It's so nice to have access where you're like, someone just tell me the next right step. And yes, to your point, like we get to decide that for ourselves also, but it's really, really nice and comforting to know that there are programs and people who can guide you through that and that it doesn't have to be done all by yourself. Oh my gosh. I don't know that my food analogy worked in this scenario, but it it, it did bring, it brings a sense of ease, you know, and knowing that like there are people who can walk you through this and you don't have to do it alone. No, it totally does because it's sort of like you decided. So let's just say that type of restaurant is in every single like style of eating, Mexican. I mean, this actually really, somebody listening should do this. We'll sell you our idea. (laughs) Yeah, Mexican food, Italian food, sushi, you've got American food, right? So you decided, I'm going to get sushi. And then you go there and they're like, how about this? How about that? So it is actually a great analogy, Nikki, because then it is like someone comes and says, Kathy, I want to work on my relationship with my spouse. Kathy, I want to start a new career. Kathy, I don't even know where I want to start. Kathy, I want to do this, right? I want to get healthy in this area. And then that's where it's like, oh, okay, you've decided mindfulness, right? Like how, try this. Like, oh, there you okay. go. yes, exactly. So it does work because there's so many tools and right. that's why they're coming to a coach is because I have read all the books. I have taken the certifications so that I can go, this is the nugget. Do you want right. it or not? Right? And that's it. Kathy, you are amazing. I love talking to you. I feel like I could talk to you forever. Everybody, I want you to go check out Kathy's website, um, follow her, and tell us where you where people can find you because we need more of this. Oh my gosh, I love it too, Nikki, and I would love to come back anytime. Please have me again. Yes, yes, yes. yes. So, and I'm sure it'll all be in the show notes. But my website is just my name, KathyBatista.com, at k t h y b a t i s t a dot com. And I'm on Instagram and Facebook at Coach Kathy Batista. We have loved talking to you. I have loved talking to you. I, I, I could truly talk to you all day long. Um, I appreciate your time. I appreciate your wisdom. And I appreciate your open-mindedness and your ability to just like have a very 
like real and raw conversation about some real life things. Yeah, well, thank you, because I think that as the facilitator, you escorted me through it perfectly. So thank you. Thanks, Kathy. Special thanks to Painless Pregnancy for sponsoring today's episode of The Know with Nikki Spo. I am so grateful to have had the opportunity to heal with painless pregnancy after the birth of my third baby. And I want everyone out there to know that they can have happy, healthy pregnancies with the professional help and guidance of the incredible team at Painless Pregnancy. Use my code NikkiSpo10 for 10% off of your first visit and check out painless-pregnancy.com for more information. Thank you so much for listening to The Know. If you loved this episode, go ahead and share it with a friend. Words are so powerful and someone may need to hear what we covered today. And if you really loved this episode, please take a moment to rate the show and leave a review. Your comments are so important and valued and they give other listeners insight on what to expect on The Know. You can connect with me personally via Instagram at Nikki Sapp Spo and The Know with Nikki Spo. My hope for you today is that you are fearless in looking inward so that you can be your highest, most authentic self and go after the life of your dreams. 